Hello, everybody. Good evening. This is Courtney and Lauren, and we're coming at you with our first episode of Hocus Pocus. This podcast is bogus. Yes, we are. We're just two friends who like creepy things who want to share it with all you weirdos in the world. Right? Mm-hmm. Pretty okay. much. Pretty, that's pretty much the gist. So we're here to share some stories with you. Just talk about them and hang out. Talk about them and hang out. That's pretty much what we do in our free time anyway. So we're our goal here is to have like one true crime, one paranormal story an episode. But we might throw in an urban legend or just, you know, something we find creepy here and there. Any right. story that sparks an interest. And in, in pretty much, yeah. So with that being said, we're just going to, I think, jump head first into this bad boy. And we're going to let Lauren go first. Tell us what you're telling us about today, Lauren. So um, I started first to just kind of think about what I wanted, like what stories intrigued me, and uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren kind of came to mind. Yeah, I'm obsessed with the Warrens. Well, like I've always, I actually realized some of their original stories are stories that I've loved before I even knew who they were. Yeah. So I kind of looked them up a little bit. So they are uh, one of the most well-known paranormal investigators some say that they think that they were kind of just making money off of ghost hunting because okay, they yeah. they found all of these stories kind of in their own backyard. It was very close in their vicinity. It was also during, yeah, the 70s and 80s when like devil worship was like the main focus of the church. Yeah, it was like play your records backwards, everybody. Right, exactly. <laughs> so they built this empire on like they wrote books. They had a museum of different trinkets and things like that that they brought home from their different cases and um they went to residences to investigate and or do exorcisms even uh they were part of the church though right like they were like i can't confirm okay i think they are i don't know if they were associated they they were very religious okay, okay. so they may have gone to a church together on their own but i don't know that they worked for the church when they were doing these sorts of things oh okay 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 so, um, but they were married and they got to do this all the time. Like, how cool would that be to just That's like, really cool. That's your ghost job. hunt with your spouse? I feel like that would have been our dream job. Honestly. <laughs> but so. also at the same time, not. Because it'd be so terrifying. <laughs> I know. Um, so my first story is on the parent family, which is the story of the conjuring. Okay, great. So what you're saying is, I'm going to tell you a story that's going to keep you from sleeping tonight. Yeah. Okay, great. Can't wait. So this was based in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Um, this house was built in 1812 or so. That's always a good basis. Um, so the parent family moved into the house in the 70s. But, oh, I'm sorry. It was built in the 1700s. Oh, okay. Even better. So they moved in in the 70s, unaware that there was anything wrong with this house. Um, and like things started to go missing and objects were moved, you know, how every scary story starts out. Absolutely. And then children started to notice ghosts and her spirits and they, um, seemed to be harmless. Like they seemed to play with the children and then, um, even help out with chores until more insidious things started happening. Insidious. I like how you slipped that in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so the mom of the house, Carolyn, she did her own research on the house. Like whenever these things started to get a little bit more dangerous, um, and apparently eight generations of one family had lived in this house 
and all of which had died horribly, committed suicide, or was like a very mysterious death. Ew. So all the same family. So kind of like the story you had on the Lit Mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Which we never posted, by the way, because our first <laughs> We will was, repeat the story. Yeah, I mean, our first recording was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Hey, even, we were learning. We, were, we learning. were, we were. My mom and my sister and even my dad, they were like, oh, yeah, that's horrible. Don't let anybody in the world ever hear that. <laughs> so. They're very supportive. Yeah, they, they are. They are. <laughs> they're supportive, but also they're not going to make me look like, let me look like an idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, so. A generation of this family, everybody's died in mysterious deaths. Um, one of the oldest children of this new family had mentioned uh, any entity that she came across had had, like, a horrible death story. So when Carolyn was doing her own research, she, the oldest child who had mentioned seeing some of these spirits, like, told her how they died, and they all died horribly. And so, so you're telling me these kids, they're like, their mom's like, hey, you guys noticed some stuff missing? And the oldest daughter's like, yeah, these ghosts I've been talking to, like, just telling me how horrible their lives that they're stealing our stuff. I guess. Ew. Yeah. So she she confirmed basically the research that she had done yeah. that all of those people had died a horrible death. Ah. So the root of the story starts with a woman named Bathsheba, a woman who lived there in 1812. Okay. And in the paranormal version of the story – also more the film version. Uh, Bathsheba was a woman who practiced witchcraft and is said to have sacrificed her baby to the devil. And while the community thought this could be, like, due to her witchcraft, child mortality rates were really high in that time. There was no medicine. You know, kids got sick easy. Um, So, Bathsheba is who haunts the house and causes trouble to the parent family. Um, In the movie, she actually tries to possess... The resident of the home, which would have been Carolyn, and mm-hmm. try to make yeah. them do the same to themselves. So basically, um, hang herself. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, in real life, as in like the actual parent family's recollections, there were reports of Bachiba pinching and slapping Carolyn and apparently like touching the husband inappropriately as if it were her husband. Oh, perfect little ghost. <laughs> and one report from the eldest daughter said that carolyn was even stabbed with a knitting needle that's pretty severe could you imagine no like you're just minding your own business knitting knitting like a little lady right just trying to live in the 70s like everybody else and you're just being stabbed with your own knitting needles leave me and my scarves alone (laughs) so um on a less personal side they believe that the house was haunted more by more than just one ghost um they reported an overing power overpowering smell of flesh rotting and beds rising from the floor you know Ew. i really feel like if something was touching me or beds were rising from the floor i'd get the heck out oh yeah no i would not stay there yeah after that those incidences i don't think that i'd be staying much longer at all if even being in the same vicinity of the house but it said that the heat would go out and so that would, like, lead the husband to go to the basement where they believed at least one of the spirits inhabited. Okay. How smart are these freaking ghosts? They're I know. Like, oh, we'll make the heat go out. Then they have to come to the basement. It we'll really just lure to the, them to their death. Yeah. It freaks me out when they're, like, aware. Like, they're just, like... They're smart. They're smart, yeah. Like, they're not just, like, residual ghosts that are just, like... Trying to freak you out. Well, right. And they're not just doing the same things they did in their life. You know what yeah. I mean? 
Okay, in real life, the Warrens were not actually asked to come by the Perron family, but they were asked by a paranormal group in Rhode Island to help. So they actually, like, knew the family was struggling with these issues, and they asked for them to come in. So it was a nosy neighbor situation. I mean, yeah, but they meant well. Yeah. Uh, So they brought Ed and Lorraine. (laughs) They brought in Ed and Lorraine. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to make them all one person with one name. Ed Lorraine. Ed Lorraine. Uh, but supposedly their presence, like, angered the entity even more. So, like, it made it so angry and caused so many problems that the family actually asked them to leave the house. Like, oh, they'd wow. rather just go on alone by themselves against this demon. They were like, like, this okay, isn't really goodbye. bothering us, but when you're here, it's, like, worse, so... Man. We'll just die a slow death rather than a fast one. Right. Naturally. Um, they actually were never able to drive away the ghosts and they portrayed like the way that they portrayed that in the film apparently like the house still is haunted as it was um one scene that seems to be true was the final scene i mean granted it was probably exaggerated but um apparently carolyn was possessed by Bathsheba, and where like she contorts her body strange voices speaking in a different language like from her and um this was reportedly true by the Warrens. Oh, so they're still there at that point. Like, bef- this is before they asked them to leave. Correct. Okay. Um, it was provoked by a seance that Lorraine held. So, um, side note on this, like, I know they're supposed to be, like, super religious and, like, yeah, they yeah. help with exorcisms and stuff. So, it's weird to me that they would, like, be performing seances. I was literally just about to say that. Provoking other ghosts and demons it's like literally the exact opposite of what your job would be to right. do, like as a priest or mm-hmm. um so they say that um she did also levitate in her chair i know in the movie like she turns upside down and stuff like it's crazy even Ew. just the, i realize like the movies are so exaggerated if the movies i would be forever mentally ill and locked up in an asylum if something like that actually happened but oh, like yeah, absolutely even if like the slightest things happened like she was speaking in a different language or in a different voice even those things like i would be literally crapping my pants same like as soon as i levitated or my bed shook once i'd be like that's it i have to move i have to change my name i have to change everything about myself yeah it'd be it's not even like that doesn't even make sense because it doesn't even it's a ghost (laughs) yeah like it would just follow you like it's attached to a person but absolutely not well Well, tell me more so um roger the husband he was worried about carolyn's mental stability after that and that's the reason he threw out the warrens oh okay. so like after this whole event happened that's the reason they threw him out now at the end of the movie like everything's fine and dandy the demon's gone blah 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 but in real life it actually never went away and i don't know what's scary like it has to be scarier it's like almost like the scary movie had a happy ending and in real life it was so not the truth no that's definitely i agree i they should have left it the like, way that it was yeah like Without it being exercised. Because I, I feel like that's what the ending of every scary movie. Yeah. Like, There's a happy it, ending. It goes away. Like, no. Like, that's not Well, true. maybe not every every scary movie. Because sometimes they end on like cliffhangers and stuff. But Yeah, for part two. <laughs> but like, I feel like it would be much scarier if they were like, we couldn't defeat this demon. Like, this is it. Like, we still have to live in this hell. Yeah. That's terrifying to me. Okay. So, they continued to live in the house. Only because they couldn't afford to move. They um, had lived there. Okay, hold on. I have to stop you there because if I couldn't afford to move. I would live in a box. Seriously. I'd be like, hello, yes, mother. I am 
45 and I have 16 children, but guess what? We're moving into your basement. Yeah. I would not well, stay there. Even though, uh, even back then, I guess it was like the seventies or so, a lot of people either didn't have their parents still yeah. or, you know, they, they would move so far away and then they didn't really have the means to move back. Mom, I'm never leaving you. Right. <laughs> But seriously, I would live in a box. No, same. So, because they couldn't afford to move, they stayed there. But they had lived there for over 10 years. And then they finally decided they could move out. Um, but the children say that some of the ghosts had actually grown attached to them, had even followed them to their new home in Georgia. Well, They're yeah. from Rhode Island to Georgia. No, I can't, no, seriously, that doesn't surprise me at all. If you're with something for 10 years... If you were in a relationship with someone for 10 years and they were like, my family's leaving, yeah, you but would be like, like, I think I could figure but out. But then it's like, it brings up the question, well, it, was it attached to the home? Was it attached to the property? Like, why was it attached yeah. to the property and then got attached to a human? I don't know. Well, like, I think that it probably was attached to the property because of, like the things that happened there, you know, like the mom, you said she, did she say she drowned her baby? She sacrificed, supposedly, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. supposedly okay, I don't know why sacrificed I a baby to the devil. I, that's not confirmed or anything okay, it's just okay. part of the story but even so she tried to hang herself too like okay so we'll say like her spirits attached to the the place itself mm-hmm. well probably nobody stayed long enough there in the home because it was terrifying so they just left and nobody stayed long oh, and all the family get, members died a horrible death right so nobody stayed long enough to get attached or they stayed too short and became a ghost themselves you know what i'm saying mm-hmm so, in my mind, like, they were just the ones that were there the longest. And that also brings up the question of, like, did these family, other family members commit suicide <laughs> because Bathsheba was trying to make them also commit suicide? That was her main goal with Carolyn was to try and do the same thing, take her, possess her, and make her commit suicide, too. It's so weird to me that it would be Bathsheba, like, specifically. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, they say that she's the one who was practicing witchcraft. Isn't Bathsheba David's wife in the Bible? Oh, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask this. No, I'm like 98 percent sure. I'm gonna. Well, Google I'm sure it. somebody named her that back then. Well, yeah, it wasn't yeah. that everybody's like thing. They named everyone. In, yeah, from but in she the Bible. wasn't a good person from the Bible. Ooh. Yeah, she was the wife of Uriah the Hittite, and later of David. She's the one who David saw bathing on the, like, roof Mm. and, like, loved her and, like, murdered her husband so he could be with her. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So Bathsheba. I guess in my head you said Bathsheba, and I was like, Bathsheba as in, like, the the Bible The biblical woman. Well, I'm sure because it was in in 1812. Well, and I've heard people say, like, Bathsheba, like, the spirit of Bathsheba. You know what I mean? Like, they use that as, like, when they're calling someone a whore. Mm. Have you heard that? No. No? Okay. You've never heard that? No. Oh, wow. Okay. Tell, tell me more. That's it pretty much, like, because Bathsheba, like, she slept with David. They were, uh, she was an adulterer. Right. So, like, whenever people want to describe a woman that way, like, that's, hmm. they'll say, like, oh, she's like Bathsheba or she has the spirit of Bathsheba or something like that. Interesting. The more you know. Yeah, so basically the family was haunted forever, even though they moved across the country. Right. That's the end of that story. So, like, they moved to Georgia and it just followed them. Yeah. And that was it. Followed they just the children. The children. That's even worse for me. 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, after 10 years, they're probably not like Surprised. children. Well, yeah, and children anymore. You know what I mean? Like, if your youngest was a newborn, they're still 10 at this point. Right. So, if they were 5 or 15, they're like used to it. Yeah. Like, Yes, this is the woman who tried to hang herself. She's just, she stares at me Whatever. when I sleep. She's, she's here. She's always here. Yes. You can see her too? Great. Maybe she'll just ignore attach. her. Yeah. Just, she like seriously never stops talking. She's like so annoying. I know. And she's like the whiniest voice. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have a little true crime story for you. Okay. About... Miranda Barber. Have you ever heard of her? No. Okay. I'm excited. So I tried to find one that wasn't like super well known. Mm-hmm. And this intrigued me because, well, you'll see. So Miranda was 18 and her husband, Elliot Barber, was 22. They got married on October 22nd, 2013. So it's pretty like recent-ish. That's the year we graduated high school, y'all. In case you oh wondered. Oh my God, we're old. We are. Don't think about it. So three weeks after they married, they lured a Pennsylvania man to his death with a Craigslist ad because they wanted to kill someone together. Like, they were just like, let's put out an ad. and like, if Let's s- just have a new hobby. Let's try yeah. and kill someone. That sounds like a great time. Yeah, three weeks after getting married, they were just like, you know what we should do for our honeymoon? Murder. Okay, well, that, not only is it weird for a honeymoon, but also clearly these two are perfect for each other. Right. Freaking weirdos. I know. So Elliot admits that he and Miranda had planned to kill before... But their plans never worked out until Troy LaFerrara, it's really hard for me to say his name, 42, responded to the ad, which promised companionship in return for money. So basically, pay us to be your friends? So, okay. Or we're going to pay you to be your friend? Well, like, no, pay us and we'll, like, give you companionship. Like, they went Companionship? Right. Or, like, a Right. So I looked into that and it, I'll get into it, I'll get into it. So, according to Sunbury Police, which is, like, just close to the town that they were. Mm -hmm. Did I say where they're from? Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, Elliot told investigators on November 11th, 2013, that he hid in the backseat of their SUV as Miranda picked LaFerrara up from the mall. And then he waited for his wife's signal and then wrapped a cord around his neck while Miranda stabbed him 20 times. That's a very personal crime. Yeah. It's not like you poisoned him or something. Or like just, you, like, shot him. It's a, they say that, that it takes a very... Um, Long time to suffocate somebody? Dis, like, a disassociated person to... Oh, really? To stab someone. It's a very personal no. thing. I heard that it takes, like, if you're going to choke somebody, it takes, like, way longer than you think it's going to take. Oh, yeah, because you can choke them until they pass out, but then they're just going to keep breathing on their own. Yeah, so, like, it's harder, like, physically harder, and, like, also way longer than you think it's... Well, and he probably died both from asphyxiation and from being stabbed 20 times. Right, right. But, yeah, to, to stab or to strangle someone is both very, very personal things. They like say that you have hands. to be very dissociated from emotions, basically. Like a sociopath. Like, yeah, to okay. be able to do those that things. Sense. So, LaFerrara's body was found the following day, November 12th, which is Lauren's birthday. Thank you. Which is very <laughs> interesting because this next one... This uh, story, the, the the next episode? Yeah, the next story, like the events, the creepy events happened on the 13th. Oh, good. Good. Of November. Good. So the yeah. day after you're born. Yeah. So his body was found the following day in an alley in Sunbury, Pennsylvania, a small town about 100 miles north uh, northwest of Philadelphia. Okay. So just same-ish area. 
So Miranda denied knowing LaFerrara, but her story evolved as more and more evidence was gathered, including the discovery that the last phone call received by the victim's cell phone was made from her number. So she was like, no, we don't know him. Yeah, what an idiot. Right. So Miranda's account of the story is as follows. She met the victim in Sellings Grove and drove him to Sunbury, where they parked. When LaFerrara groped her, she took a knife from between the front seat and stabbed him after he put his hands around her throat. I have this little asterisk next to, like, this note in my thing because I want to know, why is there a knife in between the front seat? Right. And did he grope her or choke her? Right, if this is supposed to be a believable story. Right. Yeah, I just carry a knife with me everywhere. Yeah, like, generally, it's I keep it in between my seats at all times. You guys didn't see that, but I just rolled my eyes. <laughs> she then reported to police that they purchased cleaning supplies at a department store after stabbing LaFerrara, but then picked up her husband and took him to a strip club for his birthday. Every man's dream. Let's go get some cleaning supplies, right. and then we'll take our husband right. to the strip club. That sounds yes. like a perfectly normal Saturday to me. I mean, honestly, I do it every weekend. It's normal. Elliot told police it was he who purchased the cleaning products, which was backed up by surveillance footage. So Miranda lied about it. Right, but also, yeah, you... Sure, you told the truth about buying the cleaning products, but I mean, what were they for? Right. They were for... I don't think it's helping your case. (laughs) Cleaning up. Right, right. Well, I don't think he ever denies it. Yeah, he's probably like, yeah, I killed him. It was a good time. Yeah, he's a psychopath. So, following Miranda's arrest on October, October, on December 6th, 2013, Elliot told the Daily Item of Sunbury, which is like their newspaper, that his wife regularly hired herself out as a companion to men she met on various websites, a business venture he said he supported because it did not involve sexual contact, to which I say, sure. Right. Did, Did they link them to other murders? Like, is that what was going on, or is this all? I have more for you. Okay. So Barbara claimed Miranda made anywhere between fifty to eight hundred and fifty dollars for meeting men such for meeting men for such activities such as having dinner, walking around the mall, um, and the ads she said she placed they were upfront like no, no sex, not part of the deal. Okay. The so she wasn't being pimped out, but she was an escort. Yeah, kind of. Like pretty much yeah. But when you say companion it sounds a lot nicer. And more legal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So police chief Steve Mazio told the Daily Item that investigators will also be looking into the death of a man with whom Miranda Barber had a one-year-old child. The Whoa. plot thickens. So, February 2014, which is like two, three months after she gets arrested. Mm-hmm. During an interview, Miranda admitted to killing Troy LaFerrara saying she considered sparing his life until he said the wrong thing. During the same interview... Please don't kill me. Right. Um, I have a family. During the same interview, she said LaFerrara was one of the dozens of such victims she killed in the past six years. So, well, I mean, I was going to say, so do you think the husband was in on it? But clearly, if she was doing this business and he was supportive of it, this business led to other murders. Well, she says, like... She says that he was never. Yeah, but he says, knew. Told police Lefar was Elliot's first victim, but I don't think he did know because she's eighteen when they at the time of the murder, and this is like she said this is 
one of dozens of victims she killed in the past six years. I don't think he was part of it. I think he just, like, maybe knew she did it. I think it. he came into it knowing full well what was happening. You do? And he was like, okay, I want to try it, too. Maybe, yeah. Because I, mean, I don't think he would have married. I mean, like he said, I was supportive of this business. And yeah. he clearly knew it was going on. But Whether or not know. he knew if she was murdering someone, even when she told him he clearly didn't run. Right. Well, have you seen, you have seen um, Dexter, right? Yeah. Okay, so I guess she kind of views herself as a Dexter-type situation because she says Where's he she groped like? her. So she thinks in her mind, she's like, this vigilante who's getting rid of these bad men. Yes and no, but, like, if you've already, like, it would it be different if he was a complete stranger and he groped you, but, like, you've led him into this companionship. Yeah, you're trapping him, kind of. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not that it's okay. Like, men do not go by women for companionship. Like, that's not... It's not safe. Yeah, don't... Well, and it's not okay. Like, don't do it. Especially don't do it if you're expecting someone to have sex with you. But at the same time, like, you don't just get to stab someone. (laughs) Thank you, Lauren. And for the law advice today... (laughs) Don't do that. Right. So, anyway, she went on to offer details of her participation in slayings, which she said slayings, which I felt was really weird to say, in Alaska, Texas, North Carolina, and California. Those are very... Far-spaced... Well, it's almost weird. It's almost like it follows the borders. Yeah, kind of. But, like, all very spread out. Yeah, she's like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Right? That's where they all go. Up, down, right. I was going to tell you you were opposite, but you're sitting on the other side of yeah, me. Yeah, so. I'm facing you. <laughs> um, police confirmed they were, in fact, working prior to her revelations with investigators from other states and the FBI about Miranda's possibly possible connection to other killings but would not comment on the status of those investigations so before she even admitted it they kind of were already in the midst of yeah trying to figure it out yeah they're wary of her and they thought like she probably wasn't how right which it kills me like she was only 18 that's so that's so young so it is but most psychopaths like show their true colors when they're young like that well i mean like like, late teens well even sometimes before that like if your kid is dude kids freak me out they freak you out they freak me out babies are cool kids freak me out they say stuff and you're like yes do you really mean that do you are you really that are you a psycho well you know halloween michael myers he like murdered literally stabbed her with scissors literally it was a knife but it's fine oh yeah that's right the scissors were were the the niece yeah, I didn't watch those. Mm, they're good. I should watch them all. We should do that this this October. We should. So when she was asked about how many people she killed, she said, when I hit 22, I stopped counting. In later interviews, claims she committed up to 100 murders, but told police LaFerrara was Elliot's first victim, which I told you, yeah, she said, like, he didn't kill anyone. Right. Was- Wait. I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead, but do we know just, like, what she did with all these bodies? Honestly, I don't remember. I did this so long ago. Like, the fact that you've committed over 100 murders and they're just now figuring this out because of one murder. No, she doesn't say. It doesn't say what she did with them. What does she do? I want to know. Does she, like, incinerate them in a tub of acid? Right. Well, because, like, Oh, okay. It says she, this is literally my next 
plot, like my, Sorry. my next point. You're fine. <laughs> she wanted to plead guilty to the murder of LaFerrara and said she's ready to talk with police about her other victims saying, I can pinpoint on a map where you can find them. Okay, so she knows what she did. Yeah, but it didn't say like... She probably just buried them somewhere. Yeah, probably, like I guess. So she did admit to agreeing to have sex with LaFerrara for $100 and that she planned on... $100? Good Lord, if you're going right. to sell it, sell it right. What is, what is it, are you, is that too, price too high or too low for you? so low. I know. I was, I was thinking you were like saying, good Lord, like, wow, too much? that's too no. much money. And I was like, no. Lauren. <laughs> yeah. Um, please get me a pizza and we'll be friends. Right. Yes. All I need out of this is chicken tenders <laughs> and then I'm good to go. And a bottle of wine. A bottle of wine. Also some Dr. Pepper afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Too much. Too expensive. Too expensive. That's true. I'm drawing the line at the wine. <laughs> Um, she planned on letting him leave, but he said the wrong things. Um, she said, I lied and told him I had just turned 16 and he told me that it was okay. If he would have said no, I would have let him go. So she lied to him and then like, she literally trapped him into saying like. Yeah. And she's okay. Right. She's not even, she's older than 16. She's 18. Yeah. Yeah. But she was like, no, no, I'm 16. And he was like, oh, that's okay. Like, let's just do this anyway. And she was like, well, yeah, if you corner a dude and do that, they're going to be like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. So, well, not all, not all No, but but just I mean, someone who's buying you for sex off the internet anyway. Right. I don't think they have too many qualms about the stipulations of it. Right. Probably. I can't say because I've never bought anyone for sex off the internet. (laughs) So I'm not like personally speaking here. No, we don't carry out those illegal activities. (laughs) Right. Um, she said when things got out of hand, uh, her quote was, I can tell you he was not supposed to be stabbed. My husband was just supposed to strangle him. But like, then why did you have a knife? Even so, you're still killing him. Yeah. Like you still plan to murder him. No no matter which way you did it. I mean, I guess they could have charged her with like, what is that called? Like, it's not mutilation of a dead body, but it's like the mishandling of a dead body something like that oh my god i just heard this the other day i can't think was it because you read that story of the cheerleader no there is um supposedly some cheerleader she just was acquitted like found not guilty of the murder of her own baby well is she the one who had the baby in her like a home and then buried it in the backyard yeah we literally just talked about this yesterday Mm mm-hmm like, yeah, that's disgusting. Even if, like, even if you panicked, and even if you didn't want anybody to know, and even if the baby was born dead, which could have been a possibility, considering she had no prenatal care, and I can guarantee you, because like I read the whole thing, okay, and apparently like her mom was very critical of her size and her weight, her body, and that's okay. how she, she like carried it out, and she sought approval from her mom on how skinny she was. So, like, she probably starved herself, too. Like, it's plausible that the baby could have died. Well, yeah, I heard she said things like um, she texted people because she was anorexic. And then I think this is the same story. She, like, fluctuated. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, texted people and was like, I already feel better. Like, yeah. Her mom. Yeah. She texted her mom. She's like, I got my belly back and blah, blah, blah. I'm already feeling better. Like, yeah, you just buried your child in the backyard. Right. You're covering it up, which, again, even if that's the case, which I don't know why she wouldn't have just gotten an abortion if this was, like, the issue. But, like, it's plausible the baby could have been born dead. However, no matter what, like, you know you're making it look suspicious if you're burying a human 
in yeah, your absolutely, backyard. Yeah, 100%. There are a thousand ways. Even if you didn't want to tell your mom and dad, like if you wanted to birth the baby and you were like, it's still born, I don't know what to do with it, it take it, put it in a, take it to a hospital somewhere. Or call an ambulance. Right, something. Like if, even if you, but like, okay, Just call the police and be like, yo. Right. This what happened. I'm in a little trouble here. Even if she were to have like, God forbid, somehow harm that baby and kill it afterward. She could have made it so much more believable if she had done that and then called. Yeah. Rather than burying it. Like, that's what makes me feel like it's so not true. true. Yeah, she had to do something. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. She's not trustworthy, that's for sure. It's disgust. Like, I don't understand. I literally cannot wrap my mind around the thought. Like, first off, to all the parents out there, which is just my parents listening, so they already know this, but like... If your kid messes up and gets pregnant, like, forgive them. It's, what's the worst thing that comes out of it? You have really adorable grandkids. You're welcome. You know what I mean? Like, don't ever put your child in a position where they feel like they literally have to bury their child in a backyard. Yeah, and even if it is the case where, like, whoever, they have their own right to choose, like, that's so not the way to go about it. No, absolutely not. Back okay. to murderers. I mean, back to this other murder. Um, <laughs> she said, my husband was just supposed to strangle him, and she doesn't care whether people believe her or not. She just wanted to come clean. She said she felt no remorse for her victims because she only killed bad people, which is what I was saying about the whole Dexter situation. Like, Yeah. She felt like she but was... She- pushed them into doing something like that right well here's this is why i guess like i mean she lied about her age but like so she had a troubled childhood and it said that she was molested at four by a relative who was charged and arrested like he's still in prison but then she developed a drug problem and entered and was introduced to murder at 13 by a man who led her to satanism so you know awesome great you know normal childhood nothing out of the like pretty normal well other than the molestation but yeah i mean that should never be anything for anyone but so her first murder was when she went with the cult leader to meet a man who owed the leader money and the cult leader shot the other man and proceeded to teach miranda how to shoot a gun and she said from there i just continued to kill like he didn't teach you how to play softball miranda right like it's weird like, I know cults can be, like, so brainwashing, and that's yeah. why people stay. But, yeah, it's weird that he was just like, oh, well, this is why you follow the rules and stuff. And, like, it's – I feel like she still had to have some weird bone in her body to be like, that looks, like, fun. Yeah, absolutely. Or to continue – like, just to continue to do it, to just, like, okay, I can see if you get stuck in this situation where, like, you watch this man be murdered, and then the guy's like, oh, let me just show you how to do it. Like, that's right. terrifying. Like, I could definitely see why you're scared and, like, you don't want to rat on him. Mm-hmm. But don't just, like, continue to murder other people in your free time. So, she claims to have adopted a murderous alter ego, Super Miranda, when she killed. And What an a, original name. Right? You're not a superhero, Miranda. You're a murderer. Well, not even super. Like, you couldn't come with anything better than super. Yeah, but we, we, I would oh, call her, like... Well, she has a child. That's true. So, 
Um, she had a favorite knife that she used to keep count of her victims by adding what notches to it. That's like some real psycho stuff right yeah. there. Which tells me right now that you're not just supposed to strangle him. You were supposed to stab him. If you already had like a favorite knife to murder people. Right. Okay. So she claimed Satanism controlled her murderous rages. To which I say, obviously not, girl. <laughs> you be murdering people all the time. Um, prosecutors announced their intent to seek the death penalty. Um, and Miranda said she does not believe that the death penalty should be considered because it's a cruel and inhumane punishment. That always makes me laugh when people say that. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand where she even, like, can get off think starting to right. think that. Like, I know I murder people, but, like, don't do it to me. It's cruel. It's cruel, but I just want to do it to everyone else. Right? Like, and then I know, like, I know that I did it. And I know that I was like, it was bad, but like, it's me. Don't do it. It's me. Don't do it to me. No. Oh, my word. Um, her lawyer agreed, saying the police violated her constitutional rights when they got a confession out of her before an attorney was present. Well, she should have shut up then. If you don't want to make a statement, then just say I want a nothing. lawyer. Yeah. I'm not speaking until I speak with a lawyer. Oh, wow. Just like that. You don't have to say anything. So, she pleaded guilty to second-degree murder, avoiding first-degree murder charges and a possible death sentence. While there was no evidence that claims of the 22-plus murders were true, Miranda and Elliot Barber were sentenced to life in prison without parole for the murder of Troy LaFerrara in 2014. That that girl deserves way more than that. Yeah, I agree. Well, well, I mean, but they said that there there was no evidence that claims of the other 22 murders were even plus murders were even true so like even so even though she's saying it's first degree that was planned yeah i mean i i agree i definitely think i mean you literally put an ad out on face or craigslist you know what i mean like you're yeah i guess they probably got her on the the thing where she like which saved her is when she said that she didn't plan on killing him until he did he did something wrong yeah but she tricked like okay yeah i know but that's the thing in court things have to be just so and have to meet the right criteria or you're not charged with any of it no that's i just i disagree i mean it is what it is like you can't change it which reminds me i need to give you a speeding ticket to give to your mom before you leave (laughs) okay anyway my last point here is four years later in 2018 a judge denied miranda's latest post-conviction relief filing so she's still in prison conviction relief I don't know what that is, but no, she should be in prison. She's got life without parole. Yeah. But yes, there's always like weird stipulations and then there's other reasons why you would get parole and like... I just feel like our our system is really jacked up. It is. And I think that a lot of it, like there's a lot of prison overcrowding and unfortunately like with sentences like these, they could easily like file for parole and see if they can get it Mm -hmm. especially if they have like good behavior and stuff but i think when you have a violent crime i don't think that that should be an option times yeah like non-violent crimes sure whatever money stuff drug stuff like yes it's all wrong but at least i don't have to worry about someone murdering me right for sure 100 percent agree well that's our stories lauren talked about the Conjuring. Mm. The, what was their name? The, the Perrin family. The Perrin At least I think it's Perrin. Perrin, because Perron is also plausible, but that, 
I don't know if I'm Let's just thinking blues. that because of <laughs> the blues. I think it's the Perrin family. Yeah. I hear. Yeah, I think it's – I've heard Perrin. I think that's right. And then I spoke about Miranda and Elliot Barber, but mostly Miranda who – That one's pretty cool. Yeah, like she claimed that, you know, she's in a cult and killed 100 plus people. Which, like, where the bodies, girl? Well, and at age 22. 18. Well, yeah, when she did it, right? But No, like, she, her husband was 22. She was only 18. But I thought she said by the time she was 22, she stopped counting. Oh, no, when she, or hit, when 22 she hit 22 bodies. Victims. Yeah, gotcha. like, she quit counting. Oh, cool. So, yeah. That was our first episode. Yay. How do you feel about it? I feel much better now that we both have a microphone. Yeah, I know. Our first one was so bad. On that note, though, if y'all have anything to say, you can email us at hocuspocusbogus at outlook.com. If you want any suggestions, if there's something that you want to talk about, just let us know. Or, okay, I don't know. I haven't talked to Lauren about this, but I want you guys to send us your personal stories. Yeah. And then we can do, like, listener episodes where we, like, read your guys' stories out and, you know, because they're really real and spooky. We'd like – I would love to hear them. Yes. I love hearing real ghost stories. Yeah. I love hearing ghost stories and not sleeping that night. It's so much fun. <laughs> At least you have a dog to sleep with. That's true. I mean, you could steal Lexi. That dog doesn't share the bed. I know. I slept with her. She, like, sleeps right on top of you. Mm-hmm. Yes, but... Okay, to end our podcast, I looked up a Halloween joke. <laughs> so, I have a Halloween joke for you, Lauren. Shoot. Okay. What do mummies like listening to on Halloween? The Monster Mash. I don't know. Rap music. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, very lame. I, I know. Love I love it so much. So, that's it, guys. It was, oh, this was a lot of fun. And we hope you enjoyed listening. Yes. Give us, you know, subscribe and rate us. What is that called? Review. Is it rate or review? Give us a like. Give us a like. And we're going to, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. There's like nothing on there yet, but we're going to make it happen. It's going to be popping. <laughs> okay, Lauren, do you want to say uh, anything else? Nope, just... Tune in for our next episode. Hopefully it's better. Hopefully. It's just going to get better and better with time, baby. It's like a nice aged wine. (laughs) All right. We're done. Okay, bye. (laughs)